Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast has been recorded during Vivite, an event organized by the Alleanza delle Cooperative Italiane, the Alliance of Italian Corps. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Warden. My guest today is Matteo Cremonini from the Le Chiantigiane in uh, the region of Chianti in Tuscany. What is Le Chiantigiane? Le Chiantigiane is a wine consortium set up in 1967 in Tuscany and it's uh, the most important Tuscan cooperative in the region and it's uh, the most important producer of Chianti in Tuscany since uh, we produce about more than 6 million bottles per year right. and we have uh, also the national statistics that that can confirm it, the highly statistic national data confirm that. So it's six million. So your cooperative makes six million bottles of Chianti more every year. Six, more than six million bottles per year. Okay. Year. So what is the total production of the Chianti? It's a DOCG Chianti. What is the total production of the Chianti DOCG? 15, 20 million bottles per year. So you have about you know 30, 25 to 30 percent of the whole of the yeah, Chianti yeah, production. Yeah, about 30 percent of the whole production of Chianti. And the Chianti, it's uh, not only a wine. It's it's a region where we produce a great wine from Tuscany and uh, this region is between the provinces of Siena, Florence and Pistoia. Also the, there are small here in the province of Siena and uh, Arezzo. All Chianti is a blend from the different uh, from different vineyards in the different provinces since uh, Chiantigiane has uh, four vinification wineries uh, all around uh, these provinces. Where are the main ones then? Our headquarters is located in Tavernale Valdicese. It's a small village between the town of Siena in the south and the city of Florence in the north. And uh, in our headquarters, we finished to prepare our wine and we bottled them. It's all bottled in Tavernale Valdicese. Okay. Yeah, also we have another winery in the south of Tuscany, near Cosito, near the Maremma. It's a very nice land, uh, where we have another bottling center. For which type of wine is that then? That we produce uh, our Morellino-based wine. So Morellino, what is Morellino? No. Morellino is an important, it's a important wine in the south of Tuscany. It's uh, not really known as the Chianti, but uh, it's uh, another another special wine from Tuscany. What's the main grape, though? The main grape produced in Morellino is Sangiovese, but other grape varieties can be added uh, in a small amount. Oh, Morellino is uh, 100% Sangiovese, quite strong. It's about 13 and a half degree alcohol, and uh, it's fruity. It's uh, also tannics, so it's a very good serve with uh, a lot of kind of strong food. So basically, you got two jobs, right? Yeah. And you're the yeah, export guy. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I got the graduation in uh, onology and viticulture uh, five years ago. So you know everything, basically. You know that you're, you're an onologist, you're a viticulturist, yeah. and you're a export manager. Yeah. My first uh, job it's uh, the export manager now. You're an export manager, and often export managers are very good at selling, but they don't know much about the really. They don't really know much about the wine yeah. making or the yeah. viticulture. How much of an advantage is that for you? Yeah, for, for me it's uh, an, uh, an advantage because uh, I I know how every wine that we produce is produced, so I can explain exactly to the customer how we produce uh, the different wines, so the customer could, uh, can understand better. 
how we prepare them. So what are the challenges in the vineyard in terms of with climate change and obviously Chianti's had an interesting history with initially it was all Tuscan grapes then allowed, were allowed the Bordeaux grapes in the, in the 1970s with the sort of super Tuscan pressure. What, what is going on in the vineyards now with climate change? What are the trends? Since the, the climate is coming to be always much hotter and drier than in the past, we have to find a strategy and also grape varieties that could be stronger in that kind of climate or just prepare the vineyards during the years in order to, to have a higher resistance to, to the sun, to the, to the temperature. So does that mean that we'll see an end to grape varieties like Merlot, for example, which don't really like a lot of heat? And maybe more Syrah in yeah, uh, in Chianti. Maybe Syrah, yes, of course. Zinfandel in, in Chianti. Grenache, Grenache Noir. In uh, we no. can see that near Florence. No, no. <laughs> maybe Sangiovese, of course. Uh, also Alianico. It's a particular grape variety grown in the south of Italy. In Basilicata. Yeah. In Basilicata, yes. Do you really think Alianico would work well in Tuscany in the Chianti region? It's interesting. It's a great maybe, grape. Maybe in the, in the south of Tuscany it could be possible. Like in Modelli in Scanzano, you were talking about in that area on the coast on the very warm coast have you tried have you done some trials then with Alianico uh, I've tried Alianico on its own how was so the no, no mixed with other Tuscan grape varieties so uh, where were the vines planted where was this Alianico test in Maremma in uh, here of Montecucco there are some vineyards of Alianico the problem of Alianico is the grape are harvested too late so in the normal years uh, there is no time for the grape maturation. This is, could be a problem, but all the, the, the previous years uh, was too hot, too dry, and the summer was really long. Also in the autumn there was uh, hotter condition, so this kind of climate condition, uh, this kind of grapes could, could work. So for those of you that don't know, Montecucco is a, is a, is a Montalcino is a big hill, and Montecucco is a hill opposite it, and Alianico comes from Basilicata on the Vulture, which is a volcanic uh, peak, very high peak, so it's interesting that you're putting the Alianico or thinking of putting the Alianico on uh, Monte Cuca, which is another mountain, a Tuscan mountain. It'd be interesting to see how that uh, how that works. We are trying to understand the customers' uh, taste preference because we understood in the last few years that the foreign customer prefer sweeter Chianti. All, all Chianti we have in Tuscany are too dry, are, yes, particular, but always dry and uh, it's not uh, really appreciated uh, from the foreign customer. So we started in the last few years to produce sweeter Chianti, sweeter fruiter, using particular vinification methods. How, I mean, how much sweetness are we talking? Like three grams of sugar, four grams of yeah, sugar? Yeah, there are some limits in the Chianti rules, yes. Mm-hmm. And so we, of course, we stay under there's limits. So you just, well, you, you, it's still a dry wine, but just a little bit of sweetness yeah, to make it easier we, to, to drink. We, we make longer fermentation, uh, longer, the skins stay longer in contact with the, the liquids. So yeah. with this kind of methods, you obtain a higher level of aromas, fruity aromas in the finished wine. And we are increasing our, our Chianti selling uh, in the world for this reason. So which markets have responded best to having a Chianti that's just a little bit more free? You were talking about the Scandinavian yeah. markets, the yeah, German the, market? Yeah, yeah. Northern European markets, also in the United States and the Canada prefer this kind of wines. Uh, 
maybe in, in China I prefer the Italian the, the Italian Chianti so the classic the, version the classic version of Chianti the drier one and also for the classico we are approaching uh, the beautification in the same methods because the customer can understand the difference between Chianti and Chianti Classico and uh, going in the frame markets we start to help the customer to understand the Chianti Classico is a small production year where we have a lower yield of the grapes. What do you think of the role of uh, white grapes? Traditionally, Chianti and Chianti Classico was ma- were made with uh, white wine grapes as well. Uh, now, with, with climate change, is it time to rethink that? Instead of putting Merlot or Cabernet Sauvignon yeah. in there, it's getting hotter. They, those grapes, I've made wine and water, they're not, I don't think they're suited to, to Tuscany. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to change my mind on that. What, what about saying, yes, maybe we can have some Mal- get back Malvasia Bianca and some of these uh, white wine grapes to, to lighten Chianti a bit without losing any authenticity, seeing as this was the original recipe what would you think about that would you would it be a step backwards for you a step back into the past or would you think that's a sensible idea no maybe it could be better to think in the future this was the whole to produce Chianti and we have to understand what the customer is asking for and so for this reason all Chianti wines uh, have to be a performance. Okay, right, Matteo, how old are you? 31. Right, okay, so you're incredibly young and you've got incredible responsibility. One of the things I see with cooperative wine growing in Italy is the demographic is often, I get this impression that all old men with, with caps and baggy blue trousers, in not the, young men like you in, with in, iPhones. In this few years, I, w- I work with Willy Chiantigiane. I had uh, a lot of opportunities to know our wine growers, but uh, I, uh, yeah, I know that a lot of them are quite old, old people, but they are interesting and to understand uh, how Chianti grapes uh, could be, how the quality level of the Chianti grapes could be improved. Because they have a lot of experience. What do you? Th- how can how can we help with the law, legislation, or, or financial incentives, solidly? to encourage young people that don't have a job to go and work in, in some of these uh, Cantigiani vineyards and not just let this older generation die with no no successes. Or see these vineyards turned over to apartment blocks or housing or car parks. Or There could be more opportunity for young people to get trained time inside the winery uh, and then they should have more possibilities to enter in, enter in the world of, of the winery. It could be better if some, some bureaucracy can be avoided. Good luck in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not easy. It's not yeah, easy. It's not easy. Yeah. Okay, have we forgotten anything, Matteo? Uh, also, uh, yep. also... Bye, 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 bye. Le Cantigiani, it's a consortium. I already said that it's a wine consortium. Uh, and uh, we have more than 2,000 two associated wine growers for more than 2,500. 100 hectares of productive vineyards in, in the heart of Tuscany from between the province of Siena, Florence, Pistoia and also in the Empoli area. And also we have 300 hectares in the south of Tuscany in Maremma where we produce all Morellino. So we have a, a new huge portfolio of wines from Tuscany from the, the red and white AGT Toscana to the Chianti, Chianti Reserva, Chianti Classico. We also have particular small production for the Brunello and Montalcino the Nobel de Montepulciano in Bulgari. Also in the south of Tuscany we produce some nice top Morellino. It's the Super Tuscan. 
So the two Super Tuscans are coming from where? Do you make Super Tuscan wines in Chianti, in Morellino and Bulgari, or is we, it just... We produce our Super Morellino in uh, south of Tuscany. Super Morellino, sounds like Super yeah, Mario. Yeah, no, yeah, we... Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry, no, super, super, sorry, Super Morellino, I didn't mean to be rude. It's uh, my way to, to explain the difference between uh, our Morellino wines, because we have a, a Morellino-based wine, and the top Morellino, it's uh, the first one is is uh, younger. It's um, so no oak. No, we, without oak. Mm-hmm. The second one is stronger, and we hope the second one stays in the oak barrel for more than one year. How strict are you? I mean, I, I taste a lot of Tuscan wine that's been aged in oak, and often we have problems with uh, oxidation and brett, Britannomyces. Yeah. How fanatical are you as a, as a, you're a sales guy? You've got to sell the wine, and you, and you oversee the winemaking. What can you do to make sure that the wineries that you work with are hygienic, that they understand how important the keeping the wineries clean and, and eliminating yeah. bad barrels? What do you do to, to make sure that happens? The first, the first important thing is to... Be sure that all the, the winery, not not only the inside part or the tank, the tank or the barrel is clean, uh, but uh, every part of the wine, the, the floor, the walls sh- should be clean. It's really important to avoid bacteria or, or uh, fungal diseases. Uh, it's, it's really important. Okay. So what's the, what's next for Chianti Chiantigiane? Uh, what's your next project that you're going to work on? We are starting to, to study and produce new wines uh, from the south of Tuscany. We start to produce uh, Red AGT Governo. It's uh, a new wine produced uh, in the same method uh, of the Valpolicella Ripasso. We, after the first fermentation, we put the, the dry skin on, on the wine and we have a second fermentation. And this way we obtain a wine fruiter and sweeter. And also part of this wine going in the barrels, so we have a, a, a really complex wine. So what's the great main grape variety for this? The main grape variety is Sangiovese, because for us Sangiovese it's, it's really important. Sangiovese is the wine it used to produce Chianti, used to produce Morellino. The blend is what? It's 80% Sangiovese? For the Chianti it's... For the gov- Governo. For the Governo it's about 100% Sangiovese. For the Chianti we have a blend between Sangiovese and Canaglione. Nero, about 85% Sangiovese and 15% Canaiolo Nero, because Sangiovese, the tannins to the wines and so in the structure, instead Canaiolo Nero gives the, an higher antigens level, so more color. more color and, and more fruit aromas. So, so instead for the Governo, we only use Sangiovese grapes. Okay, so when you finish the wine, the Governo, the winemaking, what is roughly the analysis? How much alcohol and how much residual sugar does it have? Uh, the alcohol is around 30.5. The residual sugar is not too high. It's around 4-5 grams per liter. But uh, this kind of liquefaction method makes the wines more round, more sweeter, and the customer really likes this new wine. Yeah, I'm sure they do, and it's a, tr- a very traditional style it's as well, isn't uh, it? Because the governor method, it's the, fo- the first uh, fermentation method, because the Valpolicella di Passo comes uh, in a second time. So when was the first governo made in Tuscany, roughly in the 15th century? Maybe, maybe Okay, yes. and Valpolicella di Passo is what? Is it a 20th, late 19th century thing, 100 years ago? Mm, yeah, maybe 100 years uh, later. Yep. Also, in the, in the last few years, Chiantigiana started working with uh, other important region of Italy, and we produce uh, important wines from Abruzzo, 
in Montepulciano d'Abruzzo, also from Umbria, Orvieto and Orvieto Classico, also from Sicily, Nero, Davole and Grillo. And in the last few years we start to commercialize uh, two important wines from Sardinia. A Canonao for, for the red one and uh, the Vermentino for the white wine. So it's interesting that you're um, called Chianti Gianni but you're broadening your, your wine offering by associating yourself with these other wines. That just gives you more power in the market. Yeah. 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 And economy yeah, of scale. Uh, all the customers come to us uh, and ask for a, a huge portfolio of wines, not only Tuscany wines, but they're asking for table wines, for wines from other, other regions so what are your favorites you, you've now you can taste all these different wines you're not allowed to choose Chianti I put you on a desert island okay and you can only choose one white and one red from either Sicily or Umbria all the places what are you going to choose uh, maybe for the red wine, I'll choose, I'll choose uh, oh, Super Tuscan. And you're not allowed to choose Tuscany. You can choose one of these other non-Tuscan okay. wines. Okay. Which would you choose? Uh, one white and one red. What are your favorites? Maybe for, for the red, uh, at the same level, I, I should choose the Nero Double and Montepulciano and Dabruzzo because uh, are really spe- special wines. And the white? And for the white, the Vermentino from Sardinia. But also Vieto from Umbria. It's a spread than than uh, Vermentino. It's a cheaper wine, but it's really it's really nice. It's sweeter. There are a lot of floral notes. Yeah, I love uh, Orvieto. It's another wine that needs uh, rediscovering. I think yeah. it's a classic wine that is not as well known now as it used to be. Okay, Matteo Cremonini. Great to talk to you. Nice to hear about all your projects. It's always fascinating to meet somebody that does two things: that does the production side and the marketing and sales side, which means that you have a fantastic overview of the whole process. Uh, that is involved in putting a bottle of wine on the shelf and selling it. So uh, well done you, you're a young lad, you've got a great future. Just uh, hope you can get some more of uh, more people that of your age into the vineyard so we've got an, a next generation of wine growers coming through. Really nice to meet you, thank you very much. For me too, thanks for the time spent with me. No, no worries, it's been a great pleasure, thank you. Thank you. This episode has been brought to you by Vinitali 2018, taking place in Verona from April 15th to 18th. Vinitali is the wine exhibition that helps you discover and get to know Italian wine and features over 4,200 wineries. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 